Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's a one-of-a-kind 3D experience you can't buy anywhere else. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, Patrick, I was not able to buy the type of bread that I normally buy from the grocery store. What is the kind of bread you normally buy? Normally, I'm just 100% whole wheat, no problem. But they didn't have what I wanted, so instead I opted for 21 grains and nuts no 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 you have to err on the side of less healthy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's such a good call patrick like there are apparently 20 of these grains and nuts that i can abide but the 21st is Mm. pumpkin seeds and i i I will not do it it's too much seed (laughs) in my bread i'm sorry if I'm, i'm putting you on blast a little bit here but don't you have a nut allergy I, I have a I have a tree nut allergy. That is true. Mm. Yes, I seeds. See, yes, seeds are fine. Um, but it's a it's, seeds I can it's seeds and nuts, right? It's nuts. <laughs> there are nuts in the bread. Yeah, I mean, I no 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 no. It's grains no. and seeds. grains and seeds. Okay. Yeah, no nuts. So, no, no nuts. nuts. Okay. No nuts. Yeah. No. So uh, you know, we Sarah and I are also generally a uh, a, a whole wheat bread. Um, but if we have to get something different from what we normally get, you always go like a shade less healthy, and that's fine. Because if you go a shade healthier, it's uh, like that's a slippery slope to eating cardboard, Mark. Oh yeah, no, it's true. It's a fine balance. You know, I thought that I could handle, you know, going full um, grains and nuts, and I can't. I just can't do it. If when I'm no, when, yeah. I, when I'm slathering on that peanut butter, I just don't need pumpkin <laughs> seeds. I just don't need it. You just don't need it. And Mark, I relate to that so very hard. I guess like this is really just for when you are making like an aberration from your normal bread purchases. If there are people who are like defaulting to the healthier bread, I say all the more power to you. You're making the right choice. But I think that's probably I think your rule still holds where even if you're defaulting to the healthier bread, if they don't have your normal healthy bread of choice. Don't get go a junkier healthier. Bread. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah that's then right. At, that's at, right. That, at that point, you go to like a hundred percent whole grain, like what I'm eating. Right, right, right. You found your ceiling for as healthy a bread as you can eat. Do not go beyond that ceiling. Yes. Uh, speaking of ceilings, you should not go beyond my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can, or you can try. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I have paid for postage both ways. Uh, Normally, I say that I pay for postage both ways. By the time it's in your hand, I've already paid for postage both ways. You don't even need to worry about where that postage comes from because I've already taken care of it. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. The same rules apply. You know, for as many times as we've talked about the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program, a perfect program on um, every episode of this show for many, many years now. (laughs) Just every single one. (laughs) I like that there are still nuances and questions to be answered because it would not surprise me if there was a listener out there being like, how does the postage, Patrick Payne for the postage work? Does he send me the game and then when I'm ready for it to be sent back, he then sends the postage? So I think that 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 was a very helpful and important clarification. Right. Well, in the early days, I would call the person's post office and say, (laughs) I'm going to mail you $12. And if that's enough postage (laughs) to get it back to me... And they would take my word for it. Uh, And so it was a long, laborious process. And now I just pack two envelopes, baby. One envelope with return postage, one envelope with their postage. Uh, It's, it's, again, it's the perfect borrowing program. Well, here's another thing that uh, you or your local postmaster could do. You could leave (laughs) us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, Patrick and I enjoy, enjoy reading your reviews so much. It really helps people find the show. It's a great way 
to spread the word about the Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you leave us a five-star review on the Apple on the US Apple Podcast Store, we can see it and we'll give you a shout out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else, it's much harder for us to see it. Some places like Spotify don't even include, you know, like usernames or anything like that. But we still want to give you a shout out and thank you for leaving us a review. So hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, let us know so we can uh, thank you and give you a shout out on the show for your review. For us, the reviews are all about our ability to shout out the people leaving them for us. Also discoverability and it feeds our ego. So like, please do it. Uh, also get on our discord uh we welcomed a, a new user to the discord uh er- earlier today uh so welcome nintendi and it's well it's it's great it's great to have you it's great to have everyone in there if you want to get in our discord uh either email us hit us up on twitter um we would love to send you an invite so you can come on in and just talk about fun chill nintendo stuff um everyone is very nice and fun and funny mark the discord is funny like, people in the Discord are funny. They're telling yeah. good jokes about Nintendo stuff. Yeah, it's been a real delight. And I just know that whenever this... Ne- we have not had the Discord and had it have a Nintendo Direct happen. And I, I, cannot, I cannot wait for the convergence of those two things. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a great thing. It'll be uh, popping off in the Discord is, is, is what it'll be. Um, Mark, speaking of Nintendo Direct, let's get to our topic... We're discussing classic Nintendo Directs, specifically the first and second ever Nintendo Directs. Uh, Mark, I'm not sure I have the date here right for the first one, but it's October sometime in 2011. October 21st, 2011. October 21st. Yeah. That is what I wrote down, but I was not confident that I had the date right. Um, short. Yeah, so like seven minutes and thirty seconds long. Yes. Um, hosted by Reggie Fizeme. It mm-hmm. was kind of like wild going back and watching this. One, I don't know that I had ever seen this before because yeah, same. You know, in two thousand eleven, I still had a Wii, but was not really playing it very much. I was playing a lot of PlayStation Three. I didn't own a three DS yet, and I'm pretty sure I had sold my last. Nintendo DS and so I was like aware of what was happening in Nintendo world but I wasn't super clued in although honestly I don't know that anybody cared about these at all this is right yes because well yeah because they didn't exist before this I mean you know yeah the the video in total on Nintendo's official channel has 203,000 views that's it this is this is a video that's been up since October 21st, 2011. Yeah. Right? It's been there for 11 years. <laughs> yeah. It was um, very strange to go back and watch this. Just very, yeah. very weird. Weird. And, and and I think the, the uh, sort of like uh, home base for that strangeness is that it's being hosted by Reggie Fizeme um, with like no graphics package. Um, he's in like a white studio space. Like that, it is uh, other than Reggie's personality. The video has no personality. Yeah, it. His chin is sh- so shiny. <laughs> is that is that a euphemism, Mark? I've never heard that before. No, I mean, uh, his he he needed he needed somebody to powder him. He needed some powder to control yeah. the shine. I mean, we'll we'll get to uh, makeup difficulties in the uh, in the in the second direct because drill Biltrin and looks like a mess in that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it it seems like they had zero budget for this, and because it is so driven by Reggie, right? Like it's all him. Um, it makes me think that like, is Reggie the effectively the inventor of the Nintendo Direct, would they exist today without him doing this? Yeah, I am really curious what the genesis of this is. Because, you know, of course, in 2011, like, for now, Nintendo Directs are such, like, big deals. But in 2011, Nintendo was still doing in-person presentations and conferences for all of their big announcements. So this is, you know, it's like a kind of just like a supplementary, you know, thing that they're just putting out there clearly just doing it to see if it takes and the fact that it eventually builds to what yeah. we know Nintendo Drex has today is pretty wild. 
And it's also so unpolished. Like one of the early things that Reggie says is uh, it, it, he's like, this is uh, you know going to be uh, great news for uh, 3DS and, and Wii owners. And if you're not a 3DS owner, what's wrong with you? He says, what's wrong with you? I, I, that's one of those uh, Reggie, Reggie-isms that yes. uh, I had seen GIFs from for years and years and years and never under, never knew where it came from. And now I know from the first Nintendo Direct. Yeah. And th- I mean, this this thing is a wild ride. Um, it, like Mark said, it's only seven and a half minutes long. Um, and they don't mention the first game until three minutes and 42 seconds into it. Well, also like... Nintendo was in such a weird place. Weird place. Because yes. the 3DS had launched March of 2011 and bombed. And so there, oh there was God. so there yeah. was the price cut in July. And, you know, in this presentation, they talk about the games that are coming, you know, in the holiday season in the next few months. And they are some of the big ones like Super Mario Land, Mario Kart 7. But you're kind of like, what was out on this platform at this point? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of nothing. The first thing that Reggie brings up as like, here's what we're going to talk about as like a selling point for this system is Hulu Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, so you have like the 3DS, which had just launched and was on wi- really wobbly legs. And then, right, the, yes. then the Wii still exists at this point. Like the Wii U has not even been announced. And so... They talk about, you know, like um, Skyward Sword being the big release for November of 2011. It was just very, very strange. Well, and like if if you want to, you know, recall the sort of like death spiral of the Wii, um, it's sort of marked by... Uh, Skyward Sword, right? Like a, a game that, uh, with, with the benefit of time, uh, we can you know actually appreciate, and especially with its re-release on on, on Switch as like a, a pretty good Zelda game. Um, like it had been so long since there was like a meeting Nintendo release on the Wii, and like virtually nothing came to the Wii after this. Um, so like this was this was just the desert. Um, we we're just wandering in the desert, and there was no content on the Wii. Um, so like that's that's where so a, a desperate new place for the 3DS and like a dying place for the Wii is where Reggie's like, all right, I'm just gonna get out and talk to the people. Does. Did, what, did watching this make your blood run a little cold, though? Just, did you feel like, oh, there was a moment where I felt a little desperation or I was like, uh-oh, is this what we're going to have to talk about on this show the next time Nintendo hits a rough patch? I know, I know. Well, because, like, it's going to it's gonna happen again, right? Like, uh, the, the way Nintendo, like, ebbs and flows, you know, the Wii was the biggest thing. They had the, the Wii and the DS at the same time, and they were hitting. They were huge. Um, and, like, Nintendo's hitting and huge right now because of the Switch. But, like, you know, these things come in waves. Uh, so, like, are we go? will we ever go back to a day where it's just, like, you know, Doug Bowser in front of a camera uh, being like, please buy Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers or whatever. Like, it's grim. It is grim it, stuff. It is it is grim. It's being on the other side of it and, you know, being in the the Switch. Um, I can I can laugh at this a little bit, but it also, yeah. you know, um, it feels a little bit like it's only a matter of time until we're back here. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But luckily, there's such a big, like, classic library of, of uh, Nintendo games that we won't be able to play because the all the eShops have been shut down. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that we can continue to talk about those things. Um, so uh, a- after <laughs> after really giving the hard sell on uh, Hulu Plus coming to oh, both the Wii sorry. and the 3DS. Oh, go ahead. Right right before he talks about, the, um, uh, about Hulu Plus coming to the Wii and the 3DS... Reggie gives a hard sell on the 3DS a little bit and, you know, still got to convince people the 3DS had not really taken off. So he, he of co- says, of course, the 3DS has a ton of games, but the other th- th- features are video, photos, AR games, movie trailers, and Street Pass Me Plaza all in 3D. Yeah, well, and this is a well. This is part of a 3DS system update as well. The 3D videos are are part of a 3DS system update that was not out yet. So they're they're still adding like basic boring functionality to the 3DS. That, I mean, Mark, I, I've owned a 3DS 
you know, probably for a decade now. Um, I've never once made a 3D video. Did you know you can make stop motion 3D videos? No. Up to 10 minutes long? <laughs> I, I never used any of this stuff. Yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, I messed around with like some of the Me Plaza stuff, um, but like they he said that there were like new puzzles coming to Me Plaza. Like, what? What? It was the the early days of this thing were dire. Yeah, it was thin gruel for sure. <laughs> um, so thin, in fact, that um, a version of the Michael Jackson Thriller video featuring Shrek characters is the next. Is like the first title mentioned by name. I I could in this not, presentation. I could not handle this. I had to stop um, and like walk around the room before starting again because I had no memory of this or any of this like video initiative that they're talking yeah. about. And so yeah. Reggie Reggie tees tees it up. You know, he had just talked about they're adding 3D video recording to the 3DS in the November system update. And he smoothly goes into the next part being like, you don't have to create your own 3D video. We're providing <laughs> a lot of content for you. A lot of content. Many Nintendo 3DS owners are already familiar with features from DreamWorks Animation. And now a landmark production is on the way. It's the Thriller song that you know and love featuring DreamWorks Animation's Shrek characters. It's a one-of-a-kind 3D experience you can't buy anywhere else. And that's where I pause and went for a little walk to uh, get myself together again. I mean, you sort of just need to, like, re-center yourself in reality. Because, like, <laughs> the the... It doesn't make sense. Like I get all those words in isolation, but stringing them together um, is—it's—it's uh, not—it's madness, and it feels so desperate because it's like yes. uh, clearly the initiative, clearly like the word from corp Nintendo corporate was like video is a big like and isn't it is part of 3ds, and so go out there and get like exclusive video content that people can only watch in 3d on their nintendo 3ds and the scraps that they came back with just absolute scraps uh, well and like it's this is 2011 okay the original shrek came out in 2001 shrek 2 came out in 2004 shrek the third came out in 2007 and shrek forever after a movie i love <laughs> Came out in 2010. So this is even after that. This is like after the uh, Shrek franchise had like crested and fallen and like had a little bit of a resurgence and go away again. And they're like, here we've got Thriller, but it's Shrek. I um did immediately went to my 3DS to see if I could still purchase this. And? As far as I can tell, all video content is like wiped from the Nintendo 3DS eShop. I don't Whoa. think you can find like buy it, it like buy anything anywhere. Um you can't even search for video. Like when you go to the eShop search function, it's only for games. It even says on the top screen in parenthetical, you cannot search for video. Okay, so I'm I'm looking on the Shrek franchise wiki right now to see if we can find like a, a place where um, sh the thriller video with Shrek characters is available. Um, so it's not listed in films, it's not listed in television series, not te television specials, um, not it, theatrical presentations. Is Sorry, there, keep is, there go is there is there like a Halloween special? Because I looked for Thriller Shrek on YouTube and I was able to find something that kind of matches the screenshots that they showed that I think was released as like a DVD bonus oh, feature or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot tell. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I cannot see anything in, uh, there's a television special Shrek the halls and scared Shrekless. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's in scared Shrekless. Maybe it's in Scared Shrekless. That came out in 2010, so like it, it about lines up. But yeah, so uh, Thriller with the Shrek characters in 3D, as far as we can tell, can't buy it on the 3DS eShop. Similarly, the maybe doesn't exist. Maybe Isn't that the amazing exist. thing? <laughs> the other, the the next thing that Reggie says 
Oh is my god. The catalog yeah, if the Shrek thing wasn't weird enough, the next thing is the catalog of music videos from real life performers will also grow with a 3D version of Don't Stop from Foster the People. End of list of videos. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the Shrek cast doing Thriller, and you got Foster the People doing uh, Don't Stop. Oh my gosh, what a uh, what a grab bag of 3D content from Nintendo. Um, and it it is only at this point, again, three minutes and forty two seconds into the tr- into the Nintendo Direct, which is, in total is less than twice that length, right? It's 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 seven minutes. I guess it's about halfway through. Yeah. Um. Uh. That uh, Reggie says. Uh, mostly 3ds is about games uh and then the first game that they announce or that they that i can't i was unable to tell if any of these were announcements or um just you know talking about things that have already been uh, out there in the ether is a game called freaky forms yeah Mark, had, 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 did you know anything about this game no i i had never heard about this game it looks like you like uh can create uh, creatures or just like objects um using pieces and you put them together uh i feel like the one that they have in the trailer is kind of like a horse with wheels kind of like a toy horse type thing yeah it, it struck me as uh scribble knots but without the gimmick of like uh writing the words yeah you know i mean like yeah. you're just pulling the pieces together um but yeah a game that i had had not heard of no freaky but, forms but yeah one of the four great downloadable titles uh shown off <laughs> in this first nintendo direct and the next one was pushmo a game i've never played but which i have heard of and does have a good reputation yeah and pushmo is a, a genuinely good um like mostly puzzle slightly platform sort of game and especially benefits from the um, 3d technology because it's all about um, like moving platforms so that you can like get up to uh, you know different levels Um, so like moving the blocks one forward seeing that represented in 3d is like genuinely helpful for the gameplay Uh, pushmo to to my eye here is like the only like genuine uh like game amongst the 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 four that they they're starting off with here well what about dylan's rolling western which is the the next one a game i i haven't played yeah well i haven't played that one either i've 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 played a fair amount of uh dylan's dead heat racers which is what i did say earlier in the episode because it's the only dylan game that i know um it's it it's so odd to me because, like, the Dylan games are – they're a series, right? And is this where they start? It is, yes, yeah. this is the first one? Okay. Yep. Um, because they're, like, starring an armadillo. You know, yeah. they, they, they're, they like, leaning into the fact that it's weird. Um, and uh, having only played Dead Heat Racers, the most recent entry in the series um, – it's alarming to see footage from the original game, which is so simple and so blocky and looks, even though it's the same platform, it's on the same hardware. Um, it just looks so bad. Yeah. It's interesting in, not in this direct, but in the one we'll talk about right after this, um, they show off Kid Icarus, Icarus uprising and it is crazy. The, you know, that game released just March of the next year of 2012. And it is, wild the disparity in like graphical prowess between the games that are shown yeah yeah totally um and then the the last of these uh four downloadable games um they show off is swap note um which uh mark did you ever were you ever ever able to mess around with swap Note? no i did i know it only by reputation yeah same um swap note was like a, a messaging app uh in in the 3ds um sort of like writing the because there was also messaging in um on the original ds right right um but uh that was more of like a baked into the right was it baked into the the hardware I, yeah it i was. don't remember downloading something extra to to do it i don't know how you would have on the original ds hey what a great point <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like a, a wholly underwhelming like quartet of games to lead off a, a presentation saying that uh, mostly the 3DS is about games. But then, you know, they kind of kick into gear and talk about some of the heavier hitters that are releasing that year. Um, Reggie announces uh, Reggie does like a lot of like weird. Uh, it's not really gatekeeping, but just kind of like, um, uh, you know, with like 
3DS owners are the best people in the world and up atop. And then the uh, and if you're not a 3DS owner, what's wrong with you? And then when he talks about Pokemon Rumble Blast, he's like, true Pokemon fans know that Pokemon Rumble Blast hits stores next Monday, October 24th. Um, which, like, th- there's no one who's a fan of Pokemon Rumble Blast. Like, it's not really a Pokemon game. It has the characters, but, like, it's crap. Um and then the the other two games that they they show off uh, sort of like in this run here are um, Super Mario 3D Land, uh, which again this isn't like the reveal of the game, um, was maybe revealed at the uh, at the E3 presentation um, in, in that summer. Yeah, um, could have been. And, yeah, and then uh, Mario Kart Seven, which you know is uh, one of the great Mario Karts. Um, and uh, is like the one time that another Nintendo personality like kind of gets in on it um, because uh, Reggie is teasing an Awada asks um, about Mario Kart 7 and sort of like the design philosophy there. Um, and I was hit with a pang of nostalgia and just of missing Satoru Awada because um, what a great presence that dude was. Um, and uh, yeah, it's he his his death was a, a major loss for like the industry and humanity. Yeah, totally. Um, and just a reminder of like how present he was during yeah. uh, this era for Nintendo, like really front and center. But you know, um, uh, as far as games go for the Nintendo 3DS, that is a pretty solid end of 2011. You get Super Mario 3D Land and Mario Kart 7. Not shabby. yeah, that's true. Th- th- those are they're they're both really good games. Um, and then uh, the presentation ends with like, oh, I guess we'll go over to the Wii now. We haven't really talked about the Wii at all. Um, and the only thing they have to discuss is Skyward Sword coming out that September. Um, or and November. Then the, oh, November, sorry. Um, and the uh, like Zelda concert happening at the Pantages in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I wasn't living in Los Angeles at this point. Or, um, yeah, neither that was That would have been awesome. Um, uh, my yeah. favorite favorite thing is how reggie closes this because we've talked about great moments in copywriting on uh this show before and this is truly peak copywriting where basically nothing that he says he could possibly believe to be true but he has to say it anyways this is what this is how he closes nintendo's delivered holiday fun for over 25 years in america fair that's where the truth ends he concludes by saying but no previous year has ever matched this one for the breadth and depth of the entertainment that awaits you. I it just it yeah uh, it's yeah he he can't possibly believe it. Um, Mark, there. I'm sorry, you saying breadth and depth uh, right now? Um, just reminds me that uh, we're at, at work. We're hiring for we're hiring for a position right now. Um, and so I'm like, sc- I'm screening, uh, cover letters. Uh, and one of the cover letters, uh, I was reading said, uh, you know, is one of those sentences, just like a statement of purpose, you know, thing where it's like, you know, my experience and uh, creativity and blah, 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 blah. Um, but instead of saying like my wealth of creativity or my breadth of, uh, uh experience or whatever, it said the girth of my creativity <laughs> and experience. Huh. <laughs> and- I have never seen the word girth in a cover letter before. <laughs> that is um, a spectacular word choice. It's a spectacular it's word choice. Definitely attention grabbing, for sure. Uh, attention grabbing, but uh, let me tell you, we moved him into the reject file right away. <laughs> uh, thesaurus use gone wrong, it feels like. It does. It does seem like uh, that. That's probably what was happening there. The, I mean, the sentence also ended with like, uh, you know, we'll m- meld keenly with your company to create a more perfect world or something like that. Like it was, it was all nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, girth wasn't the <laughs> worst part of that sentence. Um, Mark, my my last note here about the um, the the first of these two directs. Uh, it just says wow, all lowercase letters. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talked about it at the top of the show, but it's hard to uh, overstate how strange it is to go from these Nintendo Directs to, you know, thinking about the Nintendo Direct that we are eagerly anticipating. Like, they're such, yeah, they're such different beasts. Like, they're basically just completely different ideas. 
Yeah, I mean, frankly, it's bizarre that we expect anything from them. Like, <laughs> knowing that this is where they came from, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like they uh, have the weight to hold any announcement of any kind. Yeah, the the second one, uh, which we're going to move into, which aired February 22nd, 2012, and this one's a little bit longer. It's about 12 minutes long. They switch it up a little bit. Reggie's there to tee it up and to close it out. But otherwise, it's basically the Bill Trennan show. Yeah. Well, and like the the other notable difference, uh, both with uh, the the Bill segments and the Reggie segments, is that he is clearly in a physical space, right? That's like, right. well, the original one is like in a, a white backdrop, and they're like, no, Reggie's not anywhere. He's just a talking head. Um, like, he's clearly at uh, Nintendo of America, right? Um, and w- with Bill Trinan, he spends a lot of time interviewing um, Nintendo Treehouse employees, and they're just like sitting, uh, like in chairs, clearly like at Nintendo. Yeah, and, you know, Bill Trennan, he begins his thing being like, I'm here outside, like, the, at the entry to the Nintendo Treehouse. Right. But we can't go in, but we're going to talk to some people a little bit later. But then he spends a lot of, like, the B-roll when he's talking about things before the interviews, when he's talking about different, you know, like, games or announcements, and when they're cross-cutting between him and B-roll, they have Bill Trennan, like, walking down a hallway it's just very yeah. it's still they're still figuring stuff out. They are still figuring stuff out. And I, I know I mentioned it earlier, um, but Bill Trinan's makeup here is a disaster. Like, I don't know if he did it himself or what, but like he is not camera ready at this point. Um I I don't know what they were doing. No I don't know what they were doing. Uh I mean maybe he was, you know, like the best choice, but he um he kind of reminded me of like a Co- a not camera ready Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like when they ambush him at home for like a bit for <laughs> for, yeah. the, for the show. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's he because he, he's pale as all get out, right? Like, uh, it's look. We we are now a body positive show. Um. So you know, I don't don't want to don't want to rag on Trinan too much, but it is is definitely a place where like. Uh, either the makeup or the lighting were just letting him down. Like it just, it was not a, a fair situation for him. He also has like a, I thought like a interesting energy where um, like the way he delivers some of the lines seems like he's like a little uh, uh, angry to be there, to be doing it. <laughs> could be, could be, could be that he's a little angry. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I think the, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my, my read on this one was that the uh, thrust of at least the beginning of it was that they were going to be talking about, like, uh, again, about uh, 3DS, but about uh, 3DS and multiplayer. That, like, that's something that they were pushing as, like, um, with, with both uh, Kid Icarus Uprising uh, coming out in March and Mario Tennis Open, uh, both being, like, multiplayer either games focus on multiplayer or that have a strong multiplayer component to them. Um, that like that's the that's the the foot that they're putting forward here. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like um you know, they the format of this Nintendo Direct is, you know, uh Bill Trinan gives a little bit up top. He talks about like the e as he's like walking down the hallways of Nintendo of America, talks about the eShop and how it's been on a roll. And so he, you know, like lists a few games and talks about each one like Pushmo he brings up that freaky forms your creation's a live game from the previous direct. He talks about mutant mm-hmm. muds. Gives a shout out to uh, Sakura Samurai, Art of the Sword, Swap Note, Dylan's Rolling Western, and then which uh, was a stealth drop. Uh, maybe the first in a Nintendo. Well, I guess actually definitely a first. It would in have a Nintendo to be yeah. direct. Um, wow, available right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then so after that little bit, the format changes to like an interview show, basically. Yeah, very strange too, right? That like um, suddenly he's just there um, doing a, 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 an, an interview with uh, John from Treehouse, um, and so this is just like a guy who's working on the localization of Kid Icarus Uprising, um, and it's not like to to my mind and to to my eyes. And again, this is eleven years later, so you know who knows, or I guess ten years later. Um, I don't know, like, this is not, John from Treehouse is not a known entity, right? No. Like, this is not, 
this is not uh you know when we were like familiar with the personalities of these people at all um and uh john does not appear to be like media trained in any way shape or form right no no all of this is very like raw which isn't it's not like he does a bad job or anything but it is not like the polished presentation that we expect um you know from even like a treehouse live yeah yeah um and so they spend a lot of time talking about the uh the light versus dark uh like multiplayer mode in kid icarus uprising um and i stopped taking notes here because it's just so chatty like it's just two guys having a conversation for like three minutes. Yeah, I don't feel like it does. And probably why they, you know, dropped these sort of like interview segments. I just don't think it does a very good job of selling the game or what's like exciting about the game. Yeah, well, and it's also a strange choice to like, I'm sure there's something interesting there. But like, you're interviewing one of the dudes on the localization team, right? Like it's. It's not as though you're like interviewing a, a game designer about like game design philosophy or like an artist about like art design. Um, and I guess like a localizer has a lot of experience with the game and can speak about it in English, which is I'm sure uh, why this is who he was interviewing. Um, but it's just it's weird. <laughs> like the guy doesn't have uh, some sort of like super valuable insight. Like when they when uh, in the lead up to Metroid Dread, right, they had a bunch of interviews um in uh video and in text form um with um oh mark help me out what's the dude's name uh the the, the metroid guy who was having a banner year last year because uh oh because Famicom Famicom detective, detective club. club yeah uh sack uh sakamoto yeah there we go uh the uh, sakamoto was um uh being interviewed left and right and was able to like give valuable insight about like the project and its development and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and John from Treehouse uh, can just like basically review it internally. It's so, it's so strange. Well, I did learn that John from Treehouse is a stand guy. Bill asks him, how, how do you hold yes. the game? That's uh that was a question from Bill. And uh, John says that he's a stand guy and reminds us that a stand was uh, packed with every copy of Kid Icarus Uprising. Which, again, uh, this game is coming out just about one year after the release of the 3DS. It is not great that they have to sell uh, an accessory so that you can physically hold the, the console to play it. Yeah, still rough days for the Nintendo 3DS for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, also, this was something that I was not aware of, um, that in the run-up to Kid Icarus Uprising, if you pre-ordered it, you got a free code for the 3D Classics version of uh, NES Kid Icarus. Yeah, I didn't know that either. At this point, I didn't own a 3DS. Yeah, same. Same. Um, and th that's like the way to play Kid Icarus. Like, that's the best way. Totally. And you can go back to our Kid Icarus Month episodes where we talked about the original Kid Icarus and, the and uh, I played the 3D Classics version for that um, episode. And it's worth checking out. Yep, um, even if you, you don't get it for free as part of your Kid Icarus Uprising pre-order. Um, next, they move on to Mario Tennis Open. Um, and this is the... It's not John anymore. I, did, I didn't catch it's, this guy's name. It's Eric. Eric? Um, uh, and uh, this is a boring conversation to me, Marco. <laughs> did, did, did you have any, any takeaways from this no, one? No, I think it's another reason why they eventually moved away from these talking head interviews and you know, more to just like footage of the game with voiceover because you don't really learn anything valuable and it doesn't do a good job of selling you on the fun of the game. Yeah. I mean, they, they talk about like using the gyro controls for like a first person view of the court and it's like, Oh, oh well, okay. And then they don't show you like, they you don't, don't show it. Yeah. You, you don't see that. Like it's not illustrated for you. It's just, um, two 30 something white dudes talking about yeah. a Mario tennis game, which if you wanted that, you would just listen to this you podcast. You would just listen to this podcast. <laughs> We're already doing it 10 years later. Um, uh, at, at one point, the, uh, the treehouse guy, uh, Eric says, um, they're, they're talking about like that. You can play uh, multiplayer locally, but online online is where it's at. <laughs> Nintendo gets it. Yeah. They're, they're cool. Online is where it's at. Um, I, I can't imagine that that's actually true. Um, the 
the thing that the thing that was remarkable to me and is like really just a symptom of like how uh, lumpy and, and boring um, the segment is, um, is that it ends with the two gentlemen saying, it was really good talking to you. <laughs> like, like the pleasantries are kept in this thing. C- couldn't couldn't cut out that. They don't they don't have anything to say to each other. It's outrageous. It's wild. Um. Okay, and then and then are are, are we done with uh, this little like little interview section here? And then we, we can are. bounce back to Reggie. Yeah, okay. that's right. We're back to Reggie, who is here to reveal the face the results of the Facebook vote for art to be included in Xenoblade Chronicles. So okay, hold on. We have to stop here though, because Xenoblade Chronicles. This is now the first game in the series had been out in Europe for like a year, had not yet been brought to the states, and already they were soliciting fan art. No, 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 no. They Was were it? okay. Go. It, it they included in the packaging for Xenoblade Chronicles was uh, art that you could like replace the uh, art in the slipcase with. So it was like sure, special okay. art, and it was not fan art. It was uh, there were like I'm not how many sh- I'm not sure how many choices, but like three or four officially commissioned by Nintendo pieces of art that people that the fans could vote on on Facebook for which one they wanted included. Okay. Wow. What 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 like an arbitrary promotion? Like just, just put all just put all four of them, Nintendo. <laughs> Double side it. You only had to make like two pieces of paper. Well, the one that got chosen is pretty nice. It's Reggie's too. I thought it was pretty cool looking. Yeah, Reggie's favorite. Yeah, he said that it it, it was his favorite. Um yeah, uh, weird to see a, especially as we are, uh, you know, just in the afterglow of the glorious pre-order of Xenoblade Chronicles the three, the in the afterglow of that situation, to see uh, a strange poll about including extra art um, in the physical release of, of Xenoblade Chronicles. Also interesting to kind of have this inglorious release in the United States of the first Xenoblade Chronicles game. Um, crazy how that franchise has turned around with time, and we are now about to get a third entry in this in a series that Nintendo was like really, really hesitant to release in the United States. Yeah, well, and like, yeah, you you say inglorious, and like it it is sort of, but partially because everything in this is inglorious. But like, they show footage from the game, right? Like they have B roll from it. Um, and you know, Reggie is saying like, if you like, you know, huge open worlds and like epic stories and, uh, you know, whatever, like he's, he is talking it up, um, and like really given the sell to the American audience. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's something that like he actually believed in or, uh, was just doing a good job being a, a pitch man in this moment. But there was a second where I was like. Oh, maybe the, the original Xenoblade's pretty good. <laughs> you, you mean the the game that you bought the remastered version and couldn't get into? Uh, okay, okay, okay. We have, uh, look. Did I also buy it on 3DS? There's no way to know. You know, I think this. Uh, you know, after Xenoblade Chronicles, Reggie says that they have one last announcement, and I think that this might be the first, um, like one game more announcement thing? and yeah, yeah, or game game announcement in general from a N- Nintendo Direct, um. Reggie announces that the last story is releasing in twenty sometime in twenty twelve from our publishing partner Xseed Games. Nintendo couldn't even be bothered to publish this one themselves. Yeah, very strange. Um, that uh, he he's like championing it, championing it as you know, like from the original uh, Final Fantasy designers. Um, and you know, it says that it's one of the greatest uh, JRPGs uh, uh, out there. Um, and then, yeah, that our publishing partners at Xseed are, are are putting it out. I think that this was one of the Project Rainfall games. Project Rainfall was like a fan initiative around this time because there were games like The Last Story, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Pandora's Tower that Nintendo had released in other regions like Japan and Europe, but never released in or weren't like seemingly had no plans to release in America. And so fans started this campaign that uh, was called Project Rainfall. I can't remember the genesis of the name. But basically, the, its goal was to like pressure Nintendo into releasing th- these games because uh, there was a lot of feeling in the fan community that why was Nintendo not releasing these games when the Wii had nothing else right now? 
Right. Well, and it, just uh, especially considering, I like I, I think the the narrative there is like so clear, right? That those that these are all like uh, hardcore, quote unquote, uh, like gamer games. Um, you know, long um, uh, JRPGs, uh, and the Wii was not really built for that sort of thing, and certainly wasn't marketed for that sort of thing. Um, so, like, I think it was just Nintendo and Nintendo of America staying on message and uh, the fan community demanding a different message um and you know even if uh, project rainfall did mean that these games came over um to the wii it ultimately never like changed the trajectory of that system which was so close to its end at that point anyway yeah i mean that's a great point and i also think that it was just software wasn't really selling on the wii at this point like uh the market had dropped out basically by this point and yeah. so you know the cost to bring it over and doing new localizations for these text heavy rpgs i'm sure was not totally. high on nintendo's agenda um and then even though this was like the the one more thing or like the the big announcement there were still a couple uh 3ds things um uh, maybe 3ds and wii u or and and, and wii um I, it yeah, I think it was mostly just like a sh- like a shout out to 3DS games that had come out recently or were available um, because it was all it was Resident Evil Revelations, Mario and Sonic mm-hmm. at the 2012 Olympic Games, which I guess had a Wii version, Tekken 3D Prime Edition, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D, and then Spirit Camera: The Curse Memoir. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, only a, a a couple seconds on 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 each game here. Um, I don't know. Did did any of that? Uh, did you have any kind of reaction to any of that, or any like light uh, of uh, recognition of like, oh, hey, this is when that game came out? Or no, not really. I again, it was just kind of like um, a stark reminder of where Nintendo was at this point, where. The you know they were trying to transition from the DS to the 3DS and that was rocky. The Wii was on its last legs and the Wii U hadn't been announced yet. It was just a really strange time. Um, you know we as we were approaching the end of the um 3DS eShop, we did an episode about like all the games that we're losing, um, when it goes away. Uh, and I don't remember if we talked about Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D at the time or not, but the simple fact of the matter is that even when we learned that the 3DS eShop was closing down, um, Metal Gear Solid 3 had already already been taken off of digital storefronts because the uh, the rights to some of the historical footage um, used in the game uh, had expired, and so Konami could no longer sell it on uh, digital storefronts, which means like that is truly a game that uh, by the time that they announced you, you're not going to be able to buy games anymore, uh, had already been gone. So like... There's no and there's no way that they're gonna spend they're gonna spend a dime to put uh, Snake Eater 3D uh, back on the 3DS eShop. That game, that game, that version of that game is lost. It is lost to time. I totally forgot about the uh, the footage licensing piece of it. Um, man, it it makes me wish that I would have bought that game just purely as too. like the historical curiosity that it is. Yeah. Um I mean there's it was sold physically, so maybe it exists physically somewhere. Yeah. Um any thoughts about any of the rest of these games? Resident Evil Revelations, Mario and Sonic at the uh Olympics. Um what was the one after that? Tekken. 3D oh, Tekken Prime Tekken, Edition. Yeah. yeah. Um did you see that uh Tekken 2 on the PlayStation Store is uh priced at uh, $10,000 right now? <laughs> Uh, no, worth every penny. <laughs> worth every penny. Um, and then Spirit Camera, the Curse Memoir. I don't even know what that is. So it's a like, I don't know if it's considered a spinoff or like a spiritual like um, sister series. I don't of uh, Fatal Frame, and oh. it, it uses AR in some way. I've never played it, um, so I can't speak to like exactly how it plays. But it's related to the Fatal Frame series. Um, and then that's the, uh, that's the end of this presentation. Uh, Mark, did you like this one better or worse than the, than the first one? I, so I liked it better. 
Um, I thought that the production of it was better. They were, they were, you know, like definitely learning, figuring and figuring it out still, but, um, neither of them made me excited to go back to 2011, 2012 Nintendo right. times. Um, Mark, would it surprise you to learn that used copies of Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D for the 3DS, physical copies, uh, the floor for them is $125. Wow. And it only goes up from there. You know, but Patrick, one way to look at it is uh, if you buy it right now for $125, that's the cheapest it's ever going to be. It's like crypto. It just (laughs) keeps going up and up. Uh, okay, well, Mark, so we d- we did this because we uh, were sort of counting on the fact that there was going to be a new Nintendo Direct, um, and uh, Nintendo tricked us, or I don't know if they tricked us, they didn't give us what we wanted. Um, and so we took a little trip down memory lane. Was this a satisfying trip down mem- memory lane for you? I had fun. You know, like, again, I don't know that I had ever watched these presentations before, and it was interesting to see the Nintendo Direct's humble beginnings. Yeah, well, and also, like, I know he was in a bunch of them, but it is nice to have them anchored by Reggie fils right? Like, we, we've uh, talked a lot of smack about him in recent weeks uh, around his uh, his book tour and just being the sort of, like, you know, nakedly commercial endeavor. Um, but, like, I don't know. There, there's something about the way he just, like, commanded a camera when it's just him and the camera in the room um, to, you know harangue you for why aren't you already a 3ds owner yeah totally um yeah do you do you think there there will ever come a day where we get back to just like an individual person uh telling us about games uh or have we gone into the future now and there's no looking back oh man i'll uh never say never i could who who knows what the future will hold and you know nintendo might get to the point where it is just a single person with a camera, and that's all That's all they can muster at the moment. Yeah, in, in a bunker somewhere. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's close this out. All right, that is going to do it for Nintendo, for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, if uh, you would uh, be so kind as to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Um, that's how people find the show, is when you recommend it to them. So uh, thank you for doing that, everyone. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying we'll get a new Nintendo Direct someday. Thank you for listening.